When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody, it's me, the Einstein of Wall Street. We are here with Trade Like Einstein. I am Peter Tuckman, and we're here on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange in the balcony. History is made in this building every single day. Somebody with my long-term experience, I've been here for 137 years, it is my responsibility to help teach you how to navigate this market successfully. Boom! IPOs today. Hey, view, a spinoff of Johnson & Johnson okay, is listed here as an IPO on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, the largest 172 million shares, largest IPO since spring of 2021. I want to talk to you about it because it is what we do the best of in the world here at the New York Stock Exchange. The whole IPO process, the building of the building, the establishing of a new company as it goes forward within the initial public offering space, IPO. Forget about it. Let's talk for a minute. Over the years, look, does everyone understand what an IPO is? Let's go back to it. Apple, Apple company starts in a garage, a couple of guys, a boy check and a this check and a that check with a gates and a this and a that. I don't even know anymore. They come up with an idea. They come up with a, a product. They build a computer. Maybe they build a phone. They decide to grow. They start to have earnings and they decide, I want to bring this company to the public. They establish what they feel is their valuation. They establish how many shares they want to sell of their private company to the public. They go out on a roadshow. They go to the investment and trading community institutions, hedge funds, high wealth individuals, and they give them all some kind of an allocation on the stock. And then they bring it down to the New York Stock Exchange. We are the greatest institution for IPOs. We've proved it time and time again. You can launch on NASDAQ, nothing against NASDAQ, but it does not have the human element. It does not have the market making element. It does not have someone flying the plane and putting in their bids and their offers to stabilize the community of buyers and sellers putting them together. So let's go back for a minute. Back in 2000, look, IPOs have been going on forever. This place was started on new companies going public, coming down to the floor. It started with one, two, three. There's some great photos of this incredible room, the main room of the New York Stock Exchange, the ceiling, the floor, as companies got went public, as the whole community and the New York Stock Exchange grew and you had market-making firms for here from the absolute beginning, I don't know, Con Ed listed in 1802, uh, Campbell's Pork and Beans, United Pacific. Anyway, we're here in 2023, and it's been one of the most challenging couple of years for the IPO space. Let's go back to 2015, 16, 17, 18. We were listing companies 
in multiples. We were absolutely, companies were going public. A lot of them were not spinoffs. I'll talk about what a spinoff is because today's KVU, KVUE, and this is not a recommendation, disclaimer, through the world. This is not, it was a spinoff from Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson, one of the greatest consumer pharmaceutical and staple companies in the world, been around forever, helped us get through a lot of the parts of COVID and whatnot have had a lot of challenging problems. They had a problem with their talcum powder, a lot of lawsuits and whatnot. They decided to, and they have some of the greatest products out there. Tylenol, Zyrtec, Zyrtec, not Zyrtec, Zyrtec, Benadryl, baby shampoo, all the Band-Aids, forget about it. We all need these things. And as I've told you in past interviews, the consumer staple in the consumer pharmaceutical business is one that is usually recession-proof. Not inflation-proof, but recession-proof. It helped us get through the pandemic in a big way. You've got healthcare, you've got food, you've got booze, and you've got consumer staples. Let's go back to 2015 to 2019. Companies were going public like crazy. Startup companies, new companies going public. We had Airbnb and DoorDash. We had Alibaba back in the day. We've had companies here with hundreds of millions of shares come to market, and they've done an incredible talk. Remax, um, I mean, I could nail, look, I was in them all. It's one of the things that I specialize in for my customer being at the point of execution where the buyers and selling or sellers are coming together for the beginning, the first trade of the beginning of the rest of their lives of this stock. 2015 to 2019, there was a plethora of companies going public and the enthusiasm within the international and domestic trading community was exorbitant. Companies would go public. We would open them up 10, 20, 30, 40% at a premium to their own valuation. And then the stocks would take off. It was an absolute spectacular time for the IPO market. What does that mean? So the IPO market being 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 secure, being uh, comfortable, being a lot of enthusiasm around it just meant that, that people were looking for new opportunity. I'm here to connect people to opportunity and the market. The NYSE puts people together with new companies going public that are coming out in the tech space, in the consumer staple space, in, in all different, in real estate space all, all the time. So 2015 to 2019, every company that went public, pretty much so, just hit it off, went to the races and took off. However, then we started seeing a breakdown in the marketplace, a breakdown in the landscape. A couple of different companies went public. The, 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 the landscape wasn't, wasn't good. Obviously, coming into the COVID era, there was just less enthusiasm. People were really confused. They were not, they were anxious about new companies going public. They were anxious about the economy and whatnot. And then we saw WeWork. And the reason I'm going to bring up WeWork, and this is nothing against WeWork, except it completely besmirched the whole IPO market. We have, look, companies go public. They start in a garage. They start with a product. They bring the market to the community. They go on a road show. They give the big players allocations of stock. And then they come down to the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And the process of big, building a building, actually launching an initial public offering. They are going to the public to see where they know what their valuation is due to their earnings and revenues and guidance. The market itself, the public, the IPO are the ones who actually give it the value that, that it, it has. Where do people find value? Where are the buyers? Where are the sellers? Do people like the story? Do they like the long game? And that's what makes a company good. So let's slow down for a second because what ends up happening is the IPO is, is the culmination of a long story, of a long road, of a long journey about a product, a story, a team, uh, uh, and, and them on their roadshow coming into the fact that they end up launching here on the stock exchange. So 
Let's talk about one that didn't work out, which was WeWork. Now, we know WeWork came along out of nowhere, out of nowhere, not Norway, out of nowhere. Think about it for a minute, right? Nobody knew about public workspaces until WeWork came along. And there was a lot of available real estate. And the idea, wow, wow, you've got buildings that are empty. A lot of things after the crash of 09, things took a lot of time in the financial district to get going again. You had a lot of real estate that was out there that wasn't being utilized. So somebody came up with an idea that I would go in there and I would grab all this real estate and I would give the opportunity for people who could not afford a big office or a, or a big retail space or a, not a retail space, but a big office. Okay. Let's say individuals could come together in a communal workspace. The idea was genius. Small little places, people working together in a large group. You'd have coffee. You'd have amenities that the, this company gave you. There's one here on 14 wall. You can go up there, you can rent a room, depending on how big you want. You could pay three grand, four grand, five grand, six grand, 10 grand, depending on how many windows, all the amenities are on. And you can work in a public workspace if you cannot afford, or you not want to commit to the real estate investment of getting into your own office. We do it here on the floor of the stock exchange. People came down from their big offices. And look, the environment within real estate has changed over the years too. The idea of having a communal workspace, in fact, was a genius idea. So this guy came along, he started buying up real estate, he started this concept and renting out tons and tons of it. The idea was that this was going to benefit smaller, young people trying to find office space that they couldn't afford the big offices. Time goes on. The company's claiming they're making a bunch of money. They tell everyone that the retails, that the, that the real estate market is actually absorbing a lot of the anxiety and angst around this concept, but they think it's a great idea and they decide they're going to go public. So they go out on the roadshow. Now, look, it's, 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 there's a lot of due diligence by the investment bank, by the large players, the JPs and the Goldman Sachs, by the investment community when a company goes public because all of their financial reports need to be put out on a silver platter so everybody can do their due diligence and looks into, look into the nooks and crannies of the business. The WeWork IPO, we were lauding the gentleman down here for the longest time, was going to be one of the hugest of all time. It was going to be massive. There was a lot of love around the space. There was a lot of hype around the whole concept and the idea because basically it's a freaking genius idea. If you have a building that's only being rented out 20%, you've got 80% of office space that's unutilized and you've got people who can't afford $20,000 a month rent, but can afford $2,000, $3,000, $4,000. They get all together rather than working from home. It's a great concept. We are, in my opinion, way more productive when we're in a communal space. So, but when you go to market and you start devising the IPO, you've got to lay out all the groundwork. You've got to be as transparent and honest about what the financials of the company are. On the road, Joe, it took all the way. There was smoke and mirrors within that WeWork community until they went on the roadshow. And when people started to find out actually that they weren't making any money, that money was being spent, that basically the money being raised by this whole IPO was actually a, 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 a check writing scheme by the CEO. Look, the story is really wide. Go read it. It's an incredibly exciting, devastating story because not only did that company go under and they ended up buying the, the CEO, walked away with a billion dollars. A lot of the investors lost all of their money. But what it did was, it tainted the whole IPO market.
When people look at initial public offerings, they look at the landscape of the economy, the landscape of the market, and the way, the price action around all the other IPOs. We've had wild Chinese IPOs here. Chinese educational IPOs went from three to 2,700 and back to five. We've had stocks like that. It happens more on NASDAQ than it happens here. But the landscape within the IPO market and that WeWork, and I'm pulling the WeWork story out because it completely laid a dark cloud over the IPO market for years. For years, they ended up re-SPAC. So then we came along with a SPAC. So after, during COVID, the IPO market was, the landscape was obviously had a dark cloud over it. And then so they developed a thing called a special purpose acquisition corporation called a SPAC. So if you don't have all the financials needed to do a real IPO, this you can find a SPAC that's got a lot of money behind it, and you can IPO inside of this amazing umbrella, and you don't need to follow all the rules about valuation that you need to do a regular IPO. They started issuing SPAC after SPAC after SPAC, right? We had 209 SPACs within 2021. In the first four months that were issued, those are companies opening, going public through a diverse, a different process. And they were the flavor of the moment. They all opened the $10. Everybody loved them. They started trading at 11. They started trading at 12. There was a good foundation at the $10 level. So the risk reward was really good. What happened? They overdid it. Now, at the end of the day, if you issue a IPO through a SPAC, eventually you're going to have to figure out what to do with that money that you got and your product and your guidance and your story going forward. Well, at the end of the day, they overdid it. Everyone loved them for, they were static for a while, then everyone loved them. They were the flavor of the moment for a while. And then they absolutely went into the garbage can because people, there were not enough company. There was not, I, I don't even know it. It's another story that you can look into. There's a whole nother video about the SPAC story. So we've had, as I can say, some unbelievably challenging headwinds about the IPO market ever since, after an incredibly robust time during 15, 2015 to 2019, and then a very dark and clouded uh, experience around the WeWork story, and then all the COVID, and then all the SPACs, we have actually had a winter of IPOs, meaning that we have not really listed an IPO here. This was the largest one. KVU, listed today on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. KVUE, a spinoff of Johnson & Johnson. Basically, I described to you that some of their best products are in this company. They let go of some of the dark stuff. They brought in, they spun off to a better start. So what happened today? Quarter for 100,000, 100,000 to half, take them. Three days for 100,000, 100,000 to half. We're going to indicate this stock 25 to a half. 25 to a half. There's bid for a million shares. There's 200,000 at a half. It looks a quarter a half. Quarter a half. It looks 25, 35, 35, 25, 35. This stock ends up opening at 25.52. It is now trading at 26.49. It opened at a $2 premium. Look, they went out on the roadshow. They were pricing at 20 to 23. That's a range, trying to get interest. Who wanted some allocation? It was a bit oversubscribed. They ended up opening at 20. They opened, they ended up pricing it at $22. They brought it down to the New York Stock Exchange this morning, priced at 22. The, 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 the whole thing then is us building the way a stock opens on an IPO. We are building a building. We have to use premium concrete and premium cement and premium mortar. We got to lay the bricks down an incredible foundation because what an IPO is, you are building the building of the stock. You are building a foundation. The way a stock opens, the process here of price discovery is an absolute masterful experience. And the way it opens and the way that building is built will affect the way the stock trades forever. 
Okay, this was done beautifully. It came out at 22. We ended up opening it at 25.52. It took five and a half hours to open it. There were bids on balance. There was very little for sale. We ended up opening at 25.52. It is now trading at another dollar premium to the opening price. That is proof for today at this moment that we did our job well, that the NYSE did their job well, that we did the IPO story to a T. Two and a half dollar premium to the deal price, to the original pricing, and another dollar premium and trading. Now, we are also trading in a day that is having its own headwinds within the financial, within the banking crisis. We had the Fed minutes come out yesterday. Obviously, 25 basis point move was the upside. Okay. But the story going forward was it was a bit of a little dovish, little hawkish. Nobody really understood. Are we pausing? Is it data driven? All that. The follow through is today and the follow through is on the downside. We're down 300 points in the Dow. So the headwinds of the market on a day of a new IPO, the largest one we've had since March of 2021, $172 million deal, 172 million share deal. And it's trading up another dollar from that price. I'm saying all this to say that in this incredible house, the greatest financial institution in the world, a new company, a spinoff of one of the grandest companies we know within the consumer space. This is the new largest consumer pharmaceutical company in the world going public here. It's trading really well. The story is beautiful. The IPO process once again has proven through price discovery and the action of the brokers on the floor and the market makers to have been building an incredible building, the mortars right, the cements right. We know where the bodies are buried, the buyers, the sellers all put together here to launch this stock today. KVU, everybody, I want to talk about the IPS story because the way we do it here is an extraordinary thing that's been going on for 100 years. And that's all I got to say. Trade like Einstein. Money News Network from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I love you.